0: The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We gather to worship Almighty God, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. Our liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We invite your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your selections of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence come Sunday. As we prepare to walk in the light, may we stand as we are able in the praise of God. through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, beloved, as we find our way along the cliff walk of life, it may happen and it can happen that we misstep. Often these mistakes and missteps are not by intention but we stumble forward or fall backward and jostle those around us. How sweet it is to come into the history and company of those represented in the singing of our Kyrie, who have known the grace, mercy, forgiveness, and peace of God. May we offer our confession in this hour. grace and pardon, instill in us hope, discipline, and readiness. Beloved, as we remember in the gospel, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God.
1: A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways Let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near.
2: Let us say responsively Psalm 122 with the antiphon. to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good.
3: Hail to the Lord's anointed, great
2: David's great And now, beloved, rise up in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of our hymn.
1: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. Glory to you, O Lord. But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, Praise to you, Lord Christ.
0: To find your spiritual footing. You may be trying to find your personal and religious footing. Other than the emergence of language itself, the tenderest memory for a parent or grandparent of childhood comes in those moments when stumbling and leaning the child makes her first steps. At age 80, Nearly killed by an infection, my father, after two months bedbound, had to learn to walk again. And those baby steps, though I can see them in the mind's eye, are far beyond my poor power to describe, to name, such an apocalyptic wonder were they. Every Groundhog Day, I reserve a couple of hours to take those students who dare down to the Frog Pond for an hour of skating at 10 degrees with the snow falling. It's worth the price of a year's tuition. Prepare for it yourselves. And all enjoy, but probably those from South Carolina and Korea enjoy it most. They're just starting, don't you see? You may be trying to find your spiritual footing. 10 days ago, the wind picked up along Bay State Road and there was a cyclone, if you will, of sorts, actually more than one. The leaves came down like a red, orange, brown, yellow rain upon the cheek and these cylinders of wind flew coming toward us. A young woman set down her books, put herself in pirouette, form and then danced inside the cyclone itself one loop and two and three i judge that she made the right response to the wind you may be trying to find your own spiritual footing you may have come to church or be listening on the radio today for that reason I believe that a sermon, a Sunday sermon, can give us some guidance and help along the way. In fact, when I think about it, if a sermon cannot, just what can? Because for us right now in these few minutes, everything is at stake. We're like the bullfighter with the twilight descending whose cape is low and ready. We're like the boxer in the mid to later rounds, who's trying to find that opening, that one spot that will settle the match, who are like the private detective in a strange house late at night, swinging the flashlight, looking and hunting. Everything's at stake, here, now. And it's coming on dark, of course, Advent can be dark. We begin Advent today, December can be dark. We've moved, did you notice in the bulletin, from sunny Luke to dark Matthew. These are days of preparation, much like life itself, and so we are ready to find a little light to help us along. We might begin by looking up Looking up at the light of hope that shines down upon us from Isaiah, when was the last time prior to this hour that you were in touch with something 3,000 years old? Yet here is Isaiah speaking to you, fresh from the 8th century before the common era. And here is his word, there shall be a mountain, and upon the mountain a temple. And all of the nations shall Lo, how lovely, to the city of God. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Now I must confess, as these autumns go by and Advent rolls in each year, To some degree, these promises seem so far off. I think of North Korea and Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and Palestine and the street where you live. And I wonder about these ethereal promises. Last Sunday after we gathered, I flew to Atlanta for the Society of Biblical Literature wherein we studied The details of the scripture, the meaning of the word barley in John 6, and the nature of the seamless robe the Lord Christ wore at the crucifixion, and the exact location of Cana in Galilee, and the via, the way of the Via Dolorosa. Oh, interesting, though, it does bring to mind the worn and true adage, you learn more and more about less and less until you know everything about nothing. Our field can rightly be faulted for sometimes missing the forest for the trees. So listen to Isaiah, but keep in mind that these verses, which are also found in Micah chapter 4 and resound in Hosea and Amos, these 8th century prophets, carry through Isaiah one chief judgment. Isaiah is not exclusively full of promise, though we hear it today. Isaiah is more Commonly heard in judgment. And what is the judgment? Upon his time, he warns his people repeatedly that the chief impediment to our relationship with God is injustice. That the chief impediment to our relationship with God is injustice. Again and again, calling out. Now I stand in the liberal tradition and proud to do so, but sometimes my own tradition has forgotten that as desirable as justice is, as harmful as injustice can be, this call is meant for a fuller purpose. The problem with injustice is that it rends, truncates, hobbles, our collective relationship with God. It gets in the way. So that may be why the history of this pulpit so marked has for 60 years traced the issue of justice, Littell and the Holocaust, Thurman and race, Hamill and war, Thornburg and cults, Neville and identity, hill and peace. You know, without a sense of that last horizon, without a ready recognition of the love of God, without the promise of a better day, the daily work can be very wearing on the muscle. So, hear Isaiah. There will be a day When terror will give way to learning. There will be a day when the sword of conflict will give way to the plowshare of cooperation. There will be a day when the sword of division will give way to the plowshare of communion, there will be a day when the sword of despair will give way to the plowshare of hope. That is the advent promise for those step by step who will walk in the light. Look up. Look up. We also walking in the light might want for a moment to look down. Now these are not in contradiction. We move from 3000 to 2000 years ago and hear these familiar verses from paul's letter to the romans we look down not down on ourselves if you will but down at ourselves with these verses which converted augustine of hippo you remember his moment in the garden when moving to a table he saw a scripture and opened it and without looking placed his finger upon this very very verse not in drunkenness not in debauchery, not in quarreling, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to satisfy the desires thereof. Paul's letter to the Romans, his magnum opus, has contained all manner of theological reflection, but in its last third, as with Isaiah, he gives communal advice. Walk, he says, in the light, walk carefully in the light. You know, in some ways, these verses could have been lifted out and addressed to our larger culture and life and in perhaps more full, a fuller sense could be addressed to student life and culture. Now, student life and culture are not of a different kind than larger life and culture. They are just more concentrated and are lived under the aspect of subsidized freedom, which makes them both more enjoyable and more perilous. Says the scripture with the awaiting of the day, now Paul still expects what did not come, the end of time, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, salvation is closer to us now than when we first believed, and he says, put off drunkenness and debauchery and quarreling. Well, he might have been speaking to that one student who is present every week or listening once each week, who is ready in this moment to leave behind one form of life and to take on another and to set aside the lower for the higher. And recognizes to be happy, you don't have to drink five nights a week. To ha- be happy, you don't have to have dozens of friends, relations, and partners. To be happy, you don't have to spend hours quarreling upon the internet, no. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and what does he mean by that? Well, Paul doesn't tell us. He's very free, he's very open. Maybe because in the verse prior to the one just read, he says, love your neighbor. Love does no wrong to the neighbor, and so is the fulfilling of the law. Paul's confident in the spirit, Once we make the turn in that walk in the light, we'll know how to live. We'll know what to do. To what should we add here in our time? Those of us who are the adults on the lot, the students soon will return, many of them. Well, we have a responsibility, among other things, to engage creatively instrumental communication, maybe the third of Paul's warnings in our time. This is a new age the past decade in communication. And some of us, younger, are native to the land, some of us are immigrants moving in, and some of us, I'm afraid, are still in the old country. But those of us who are adults on the block have a responsibility to try to teach the wisdom of the ages in a twittering, in a twittering time. And confidently, happily, but strongly to ask how much iPod, and how much I thou, how much Blackberry, how much Blackberry Pie, how much Facebook, how much FaceTime. To learn and teach both at the same time. Isn't it fascinating that Paul is confident that in our own times and in our own seasons, we will find our way. Put on this new clothing, he challenges, and you will find your way forward. We might want to look up with Isaiah. We might want to look down, if you will, with Paul. We might also want to look out just for a moment. Now, Isaiah lifts our gaze, and Paul lowers our gaze, and Matthew lengthens our gaze. You may be listening from afar or present here in the chapel, and you may say, I, I can affirm what Isaiah brought. That makes sense. Hope. I can hear what Paul taught. That makes sense. Discipline. But Dean Hill, why do you in chapel and why and others in the churches bring these ancient words of apocalyptic language and imagery from Matthew 24? I mean, after all, the hope of the first century was, and it was, Disappointed, Matthew writes, there are some who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in power. But that didn't happen, did it? No, the apocalyptic feast came and went. The apocalyptic gathering came and went. And Matthew, along with others who make other moves, 2 Peter, preeminently John, begins to reshape the material Yes, the feast is over and the guests are gone and Matthew's left only with uh, leftovers and uh, memories, Uh, but do you know something? Sometimes leftovers can be very tasty. Sometimes the leftovers are better than the meal and sometimes the memories are better than the guests, no disrespect intended. That is he He takes the roast and makes a sandwich. He takes the carcass and makes a soup. He takes the casserole and makes a reheated casserole. That is, he takes the apocalyptic language and imagery, do you notice, the eschatology, and makes it ethics. And says, be ready, be prepared, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent, be ready be there. This ancient material swings to a new, tasty, savory meal. Sometimes the leftovers are better than the meal, and sometimes the memories are better than the guests. You know, you may have had a Dutch uncle or a great aunt who was present and who, like the apocalyptic language, was somewhat uncomfortable to be with, but Now in the days past Thanksgiving, you may think back and realize they had something to say. He said, didn't he, I lost everything in the Depression. I hope we never let that kind of thing happen again. She said, didn't she, I never knew getting on that train to St. Louis that that day I would meet my husband. That cousin who looks like you but you never see, he said, if I had known then what I know now, I would have acted so more quickly. Sometimes the memories are as good as or even better than the guests. Look out, says Matthew. Not only look out, but look out. Be prepared. You don't know. It's not going to be enough to generalize. It's not going to be enough to specialize. Sometimes you will have to improvise as you did a year ago today. We had just 48 hours to prepare for the invasion right here at Boston University of a pseudo-religious hate-mongering group from Topeka, Kansas. I won't honor them by mentioning their name and we had to decide how to respond and the response from then is in today's print form of the sermon. But you were ready and you heard, you lifted voice, you went in presence, and you honored freedom of speech and decried hate speech and you had to improvise to do it. Look up, look down, look out, walk in the light. Walk in the light of hope. Walk in the light of discipline. Walk in the light of readiness. Now some of you expected I'd use the following line a lot earlier than this. Remember what the Johannine word is. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You may be trying to find your spiritual footing. So I'm not interested in how many psalms you know by heart, though recitation is healthy and good. I'm not interested in how many hymns you can sing to yourself, though when you're alone and sick, the hymns will feed you far more than many old sermons. I'm not interested in how many books you've read on religion, though learning and piety do very much go together. I'm not even interested in how many services of worship you've attended. In a lifetime of 80 years, you'll have about 4,000 opportunities. Here's what I'm interested in. Are you trying? Are you moving? Are you stepping along? Are you walking in the light? Are you letting the sunlight of promise fall on your shoulder? Are you letting the inner light of self-discipline hearten your soul? Are you letting the burst of expectation and surprise illumine your way? Not are you running? Are you succeeding? Are you finishing? Are you winning? Just this. Are you walking in the light?
4: come all ye faithful, come ye thankful people, come, come ye disconsolate, come, let us adore him. The beckoning words of these familiar hymns serve as our invitation to prayer. You are welcome to follow your tradition and stand, sit, or kneel at the altar rail. Of our praise and adoration. Blessed be your holy name. On this first Sunday of the season of preparation, anticipation, and hope, as we should every day, we give you thanks. First, we thank you for the promise of salvation through our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to live as he taught us. We thank you for your creation and pray that we remember our responsibility to take care of it. Help us to live responsibly. We thank you for creating diversity in the human race. Although we have outward differences, we are all God's children. Help us to use our diverse talents and perspectives to preserve this land and help those in need. We thank you for health care providers who provide compassionate care in healing the sick, taking care of the chronically ill, and tending to those who are dying. We thank you for the patience and understanding of those teachers who inspire the most challenging of students to question, to learn, to have an appropriate confidence, to hope, and to dream. We thank you for the selfless sacrifices of our military personnel. Guard and guide them as they perform their duties and bless those who return from combat zones as they struggle with the transition to normalcy. We thank you for clergy who help us to understand your word, to listen without judgment, to offer encouragement and pray with us. Your love is reflected in all of these people's thoughtful approach to their service to others. Help us to follow their example and reflect your love in all that we do. It is a good thing to be able to come together as a community of faith to praise you. We thank you for the technology and resources that afford us the opportunity to share in the joy of our worship here at March Chapel with the city of Boston and beyond, over the radio and around the world over the internet. We thank you for your unfathomable mercy for we confess that we have strayed from your path. We have not followed the example of Christ. We have failed to forgive. We have not loved our neighbors, and yet you still love us. Forgive us, Father, heal our hearts and help us to keep our minds focused on you. We ask you to look upon those in our community who have special needs to be met. We ask you to bless the sick, the lonely, and the lost. Comfort those who are mourning. Be with those who are entering the final phase of their life journey and touch the hearts of their loved ones as they face the inevitable. We pray for peace. We are thankful for your faithfulness in answering our calls. Hear our prayers, Lord. Hear our private prayers to you as well as those we pray together as a congregation. For we raise them to you in the name of love's pure light, our Lord Jesus Christ
1: The peace of the Lord be always with you. you. We welcome you once again to the nave of Marsh Chapel this morning. We are glad you have come to join us. We hope you'll take a moment to uh, sign in on the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew and pass them along to your neighbors so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the week. With a message from the Marsh Chapel Choir, it's our pleasure to welcome this morning Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, our music director.
5: Good morning, everyone. I spoke to you earlier in the semester uh, with words of invitation. That each month, Music at Marsh Chapel will have something to offer for you beyond uh, and outside the scope of our Sunday morning time together each week. In December, I call your attention to two special events, uh, the first of which is this coming Friday, December 3rd, 6 p.m., here in the nave of Marsh Chapel. It's our annual service of lessons and carols, the chapel choir, brass, percussion, and organ are joined by the seminary singers under the direction of Reverend Chad Kidd from the School of Theology next door. We will lead uh, that annual celebration this Friday, 6 p.m., here in the nave of the chapel. Two Sundays from today, on December 12th, uh, we will have our second installment of the Bach experience uh, for this year with cantata number 62, Nun Komm der Haydn Highland. You already heard Justin Blackwell play one of Bach's preludes. Uh, choral preludes on that uh, chorale tune this morning already. So be prepared to come at 915, no 945, I'll get it right, 945 for the Bach Experience Lecture with a choir in the Collegium, and then of course for the service at 11 a.m. that Sunday. So two wonderful offerings, Lessons and Carols, on the Bach Experience coming up in the next two weeks. Mark your calendars. We hope that you will keep an eye in this newly
1: minted Advent season on the Marsh Chapel website for all of our upcoming services and activities and for the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
0: For the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us, we give these thanks. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.